Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. How could you do what he did in Afghanistan? And just leave Americans behind and our allies behind. What the hell happened so quickly to the United States of America? Biden has no plan. We believed that the government was not going to collapse. What was our intelligence? What did the military advise the president? We obviously have a lot of questions to ask. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Tom and Benny and Clark and you. And we'll get to uh, the craziness over in Afghanistan. There's no shortage. Oh, my, no shortage. But there, there are two stories that we, we've got to cover that are statewide stories. And both these stories deal with different bills that the state legislature is considering and it looks like they will likely pass. And the response to these bills in both cases is really bizarre. One of the bills actually made national news. Fox reported on this the end of last week. The ACLU and activists are slamming a North Carolina anti-rioting bill that would increase penalties for rioting or looting as racist and anti-Black Lives Matter. <laughs> no. First of all, if the ACLU is against it, it must be a pretty good bill. I mean, right? (laughs) Yeah, they only support rights that they agree with. (laughs) The bill, HB 805, is racist. It's anti-Black Lives Matter, says Dawn Blaglove, an activist uh, member of Emancipate North Carolina. House Bill 805 was sponsored by the Republican uh, North Carolina Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, after Raleigh saw, well, Raleigh and um, Charlotte, both, in fact, Greenville saw riots last, last year, last summer. Um, under the bill, people will be charged with a felony for causing significant property damage, seriously bod- bodily harm, or assaulting emergency personnel during riots. I, it's hard to be, for me to believe that this is not already a felony. Yeah, it should be. I, I don't. I, I mean, obviously, it's a crime. Last I checked, it's against the law to burn somebody else's house or business down. Which my response to say anything that's anti-Black Lives Matter, then, then good. Yeah, then good. <laughs> it means it's anti-Marxist. Yeah. <laughs> so, like so many other North Carolinians, I saw destruction that happened last year. This is from uh, Tim Moore, and uh, the bill is now headed for the Senate after passing the House. Critics of the bill are now lambasting the uh, bill as racist, saying it would unfairly target black people. Now, listen to what they just said. Hmm. Listen to what these— I know where you're First going. of all, first of all, a, this, is, this is a racist statement. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, in essence, they're saying, wait a minute. If you've got a bill that's saying it's going to be a felony to riot, to harm people, to hurt people, to b- burn other people's property down, then— uh, well, only blacks do that, right? So that's a racist bill. What a racist <laughs> you statement. Ma- you can't make that up. You can't make it up. <laughs> Are you talking about blatantly racist? Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I uh, wonder if somebody with this group said, hmm, you realize what we just said? <laughs> <laughs> Appar- <laughs> apparently not. Apparently there's, I think it's something in the water that the Democrats drink. I mean, this is this is the kind of stupidity that we're seeing coming out of the White House. I mean, a different subject, different issue, but just as stupid. Well, 
<clears throat> blind tribalism makes you say and do stupid things, and that's just pure blind tribalism is all it is. Quinn Pittman with Emancipate North Carolina said, when North Carolina State University won championships and individuals took to the streets and things were damaged, you didn't see a bill like this coming out, but you did see people, uh, in, in some cases, arrested. Mm-hmm. But you know what, what might be a, a better comparison, a more interesting comparison, is how liberals wanted to lock up anybody that was even present at the United States Capitol last January 6th. Yeah, anyone that bought gas in Washington, D.C. got investigated by ah. the FBI on that day. <laughs> anyway, th- this, is, this is bizarre. So that, that's one of the bills that I'm talking about. This is uh, House Bill 805, which basically just, you know, and again, I'm, I'm surprised we have to have this bill. It would seem to me that if you do somebody harm or if you interfere with a emergency personnel or you burn somebody's business down, I, I would think that means you're going to go to jail. and It ought to be a felony if it's not. Well, something you mentioned, uh, talked about last summer, <clears throat> you know, Raleigh, Charlotte, you mentioned Greenville. You know, the difference in Greenville <clears throat> was the fact that Greenville had one night basically of – of little, a little, little bit of people trouble, were bust in, but and, and put the pallets of bricks out. They, you know, tore up some police cars, tore up some businesses downtown. But Greenville's mayor P.J. Connolly had a show of force immediately. Yeah. Yep, and not an, another evening did it happen, and it went on for what a month or more downtown Raleigh and Charlotte, and that's the difference between a mayor that believes in the rule of law, regardless of who's quote protesting and it's not a protest when you start damaging property but in charlotte and raleigh and all these places with democrat mayors you see what happened it went on for days and days and days yep they just let it good for pj Connolly. agreed by the way uh governor DeSantis down in florida is uh, led their state legislature in a very similar anti-rioting bill uh interestingly governor cooper did not return phone calls (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> concerning this bill, saying it needs further review. Cooper's just waiting for his veto pen <laughs> for a budget. That's all he cares about. So the second bill, and, and this is just as bizarre, and frankly the statement is just as racist, coming from a black liberal. The second bill is Senate Bill 473. And just looking at the overview of the bill, it would require the state auditor to notify the local government commission when an audit report is the result of an investigation of a unit of local government. It would allow the commission following the release of the investigative report to be involved in that local government's audit process for up to three years. It would require a local finance officer to garnish a board or council member's compensation in order to collect monies owed for unpaid county and city services. It would create a new felony offense for public uh, officers and employees who personally benefit financially from their position. Basically, this is a bill to counter what we have seen happen in a lot of small towns throughout North Carolina and a lot of small towns throughout eastern North Carolina. We've seen it um, up in Rocky Mount on two different occasions. One was the uh, superintendent of the schools. Uh, the other was, I think, a council member. Mm-hmm. But there have been other numerous small towns. I mean, the, the, the town of Princeville has been 
in a constant uh, uh, in a constant situation of malfeasance. Yeah, if something isn't going on there, it's just because they didn't get audited that year. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Or, or there was no money left in the coffers. There's nothing left to steal. I'm sorry. But anyway, in response to this Senate bill, 473, the Kinston mayor, Don Hardy, or Don Terrio Hardy. He goes by Don when he campaigns. He goes by Don Terrio when he sends something to black people. I, I just, you know, this this email I'm reading here. You know, he signs it. He signs it as the Black Voters Manor Fund, Don Terrio Hardy. But when he runs, yeah, well, why didn't he? Why didn't he sign it as the mayor of Kinston? Well, you know, there might be something against that. I don't know. It might be something illegal. I don't but, know. But but again, this guy, Don Terrio Hardy, with the Black Voters Matter Fund and also the Kinston Mayor, writes, "Dear Representative," I guess he's writing to members of the House and the Senate. Senate Bill 473 is another blatant attempt to cripple black leadership and to ultimately dismiss the power of black voters currently. There is a black majority on the Rocky Mountain City Council, along with a black majority of the Edgecombe County Commissioners and a second appointed by uh, and the second appointed black city manager. The key finding of the Rocky Mountain investigation that inspired SB 473 a $47,000 utility debt over 20 years equates to 0.02% of the entire city budget, while the audit itself costs Rocky Mount taxpayers nine times that amount, $428,000 in 169 days. The attack is directly sourced as conspired by white supremacists. So people that want accountability are white supremacists. The bill automatically criminalized any finding in investigative audits with penalty of personal liability and jail time. Yeah, we want you to pay back what you stole. You're going to jail for stealing. <laughs> what, what is hard? I mean, again, last time I checked, that was pretty much a, a common sense situation. SB 473 requires the auditor to alert the local government commission of all its published reports, then enables them to control the city audit process for three years at the expense of the investigated city. Clearly, this bill not only affects majority black and brown-led towns and cities. Furthermore, SB 473 ignores decades of discriminatory budgeting, spending, and concentrated efforts to maintain racist voting systems. Uh, the, the bill also threatens current and future minority leadership with felonies and fines for mistakes and acts and mistakes. <laughs> mistakes and acts. So the, the mistake of, uh, of embezzling $47,000 <clears> over 20 years, that was a mistake. Yeah, and he and he talks about you know this equates to point zero two percent of the entire city budget. So what you're saying is, a little bit of stealing yeah, and a little bit right. of fraud is okay. Yeah, exactly. And it costs the taxpayers four hundred twenty eight thousand dollars, which I'd like to see that number to to do the audit. I, I'd really like to see how that's backed up. But you know what? Don't steal the dang money and pay your freaking bill, <laughs> and we you. wouldn't have been here in the first place. Thank you. <laughs> but I, but again. Here is a bill, both these bills, you've got the Senate Bill 473, and you've got HB 805. Neither of the bills say anything about race. It just says, if you steal, it's a crime. If you burn somebody's house or business down, it's a crime. If you beat somebody up, it's a crime. If you interfered with emergency services, it's a crime. If you steal from the city government, it's a crime. 
if you misuse your credit cards, if you're the school superintendent and you spend thousands and thousands of dollars on your personal goodies for yourself and your wife, it's a crime. And in both cases, you have liberal blacks coming out and saying, well, that's that's anti-black. <laughs> I mean, and again, if, if you're one of our black conservative listeners out there, a black liberal listener, you ought to be outraged. You ought to be saying, what are you saying? How dare you come up and, and, and not insinuate, come right out and say, oh, well, I guess if there are crimes being done, if there's embezzlement going on, it must be someone that's, that's well, that's an anti-black bill, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and at the time with this, when Beth Woods' report came out on the city of Rocky Mountain, I, I read the audit report, and um, it, but it's been a while. But th- one thing I know she pointed out, because I mean, I know, I know, I know Beth Wood. I've known her for a long time, and I know it's how important it is as an accountant myself. the The fact of the matter that it's forty seven thousand dollar utility bill is not. Yeah, that's not a big deal. But the fact that a, well, it is a big deal. But but the fact that a system exists when a mayor can tell someone that works for the city to hey, I'm not going to pay this bill and don't do anything about it. It could be more than forty seven thousand oh, yeah, yeah. there. What else? It is could going be on? a half a million dollars. What there. else is going the, on? If the system's in place, that kind of thing will happen. And so, when does it? When does it actually matter? If it's one percent, does it matter? Hey, it's only ten percent of the city budget. What does it matter? <laughs> and and for them to come out and the guy at Rocky Mount to come out and other people come out and call Beth Wood essentially a racist yeah, over white this. supremacist I've because kn- she she can add up the numbers i've known beth wood for over 30 years and beth wood will go after you if you're a republican a democrat an independent or whatever she is there Black, to red, do her job blue white whatever it you don't color. matter I, I, and again the, the, the liberals have taken this white supremacy so far out they have lost i mean they lost credibility with me decades ago literally I mean, I have said since this program started, if you're going to allow someone that calls you a racist, if you're so uh, insecure in who you are and somebody's saying, oh, he's a racist, oh, she's a racist, and and that's going to shake you up, uh, you better get some thicker skin. But for these liberals to constantly be using the race card constantly for every—I mean— so somebody commits murder. Well, if you're trying to try him, then you're a racist, right? But yeah, you know, I don't want to blame these these liberals for using this to tr- you know try to further divide people. I also blame people in corporate and institutional America yes. for not having the guts to stand up to this nonsense and say, "I don't give a dang if you label me a white supremacist." That shows just how stupid you are. Yep. What's right is right. Yep. Uh, hey, real quickly, as we go into break, uh, North Carolina General Assembly has completed uh, another phase in the 21-22 budget. And uh, right now they have uh, the Senate has voted to not concur with the House. That's not saying they're in disagreement with the principles of the House, but in the details, they need to come to some sort of uh, reconciliation between the House and the Senate. And uh, Jim Perry, Senator Jim Perry, who was with us on the phone last week talking about the budget, he is basically going to be on the budget conference committee. So he's going to be one of the key players to uh, straighten the budget out between the House and the Senate, uh, which I think he'll be able to do that pretty easy. Now, getting Governor Cooper happy 
Might be a little tougher uh, uphill climb, but uh, we'll see where that goes. We're going to take a time out. Lots more to talk about, including the craziness in Washington over Afghanistan. Uh, it is bizarre. We'll deal with that when we get back. So. Join the show. 252-561-TALK. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in and uh, take a look at your weather forecast tonight. Uh, partly cloudy. Mostly clear, though, a low around 73. And uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, more the same that we've had today, except there's a better chance of uh, afternoon showers. Highs in the low 90s, uh, lows at night in the low 30s, low to mid 30s. Chance of rain Tuesday night and uh, Wednesday about 40%. Tomorrow about 30%. President Biden's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan today wouldn't say whether Biden planned on staying the course with the August 31st deadline for withdrawing from Afghanistan. Sullivan was asked earlier today whether the administration needs the Taliban's support to extend the deadline. Quote, as I said, we're engaging with the Taliban, consulting with the Taliban on every aspect, every aspect of what's happening. Cabal right now, Sullivan said, was happening at the airport on how we need to ensure there is facilitated passage to the airport for American citizens, SIVs and third country nationals and so forth. Um, However, the Taliban says we don't have any idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Taliban says we nobody's talked to us about extending the deadline. I'm afraid it's going to get uh, ugly before it gets better because, you know, I mean, just think if if you've got some of these fractions in the, of the Taliban that maybe you mean, they, they, they may think they have central leadership, but they may not. And all it takes is a couple of shoulder-fired rockets. Um, Bingo. And it's, it's, it's bad in a hurry. And how many billions of dollars? Was it $80 billion? $80 billion worth of equipment that mm-hmm. they have, that the Americans left there. I mean, you talk about malfeasance and incompetence. I heard- $80 billion worth of Black Hawk helicopters, tanks, guns. Unbelievable. I think they have more Black Hawk helicopters, I read, than any country in the United Nations outside of the United States. The <sighs> Taliban. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, this malfeasance is is beyond the pale. And, and I don't buy... You know, everybody's blaming Biden, and, and, you know, Biden's, you can blame him for anything because he doesn't know what's going on. But I'm not buying the fact that uh, they were surprised. No. We, we have no. the most advanced um, security system in the world, the National Security Agency and Reconnaissance Agency and, and everything that we're watching. They knew what was going on. I'm, I'm something, you know, maybe the military leaders behind the scenes, I mean, there's memos now surfacing that, uh, you know, they— that they told Joe Biden everything, but that's what happens when you have an empty suit in, in the Oval Office. Well, uh, since you brought that up, yesterday on Fox News Sunday, uh, Blinken, the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, was on with Chris Wallace. I'm not a Chris Wallace fan, but I will, I'll, I'll give him kudos that he, he asked some direct in-your-face questions. And basically, you know, he asked, does the president know what's going on? This is cut to Clark. Here's another statement that the president made that was flat wrong. Take a look. I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've got the exact opposite thing is we're acting with dispatch. We're acting, committing to what we said we would do. 
But Armin Laschet, the likely successor to German Chancellor Merkel, said this is the biggest debacle that NATO has seen since its foundation. And here is the chairman of the British Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee. To see their commander in chief call into question the courage of men I fought with, to claim that they ran. It's shameful. Those who have never fought for the colors they fly should be careful about criticizing those who have. Mr. Secretary, does the president not know what's going on? This is an incredibly emotional time uh, for for many of us, uh, and including allies and partners who've been shoulder to shoulder with us in Afghanistan for 20 years uh, at high cost to themselves as well as to us. They stood with us after 9-11 invoked Article 5 of NATO for the first time. An attack on one is an attack on all. And we've been there together. But I've got to tell you this, Chris, from the get-go, I spent more time with our NATO partners in Brussels virtually uh, from before the president made his decision to when he made his decision to every time since. We've been working very, very closely together. We've gotten the G7 together, NATO together, the UN Security Council together. We had 113 countries, thanks to our diplomacy, uh, put out a, a clear understanding uh, of the Taliban's requirements to let people sir, leave sir, the country. Sir, respectfully, that, that, look, I'm not, I'm not questioning whether or not the allies have a right to complain. I'm not questioning whether or not al-Qaeda has a presence. The president said al-Qaeda is gone. It's not gone. The president said he's not heard any criticism from the allies. There's been a lot of criticism from the allies. Words matter, and the words of the president matter most. And, and, please note, Tony... Blinken not answering the question. <laughs> you know, if uh, if only you could have one of these uh, little cartoons above his head. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's sitting there saying, of course, President Biden doesn't know what's going on, but I'm going to tell you something else and yeah. not answer the question. D.C. double talk. <laughs> and and uh, as you as you mentioned, consider the other statements that he's made over the last few days. Biden has a his administration plan for every contingency. <laughs> Obviously yeah. not true. The current rapid collapse was unforeseen. No, there was cables going back into the spring saying this thing is falling apart. In early July, when he shut down the air base over there on July the 5th, people were saying, why are you doing this? This is not good. Al-Qaeda is gone from Afghanistan. Patently untrue. His own State Department has acknowledged that. Our alliances and credibility have not been negatively impacted by this fiasco. I mean, the clips you just heard. Exhibit A. Americans who want to get out of cabal are able to do so. Um, And and by the way, um, Joe Biden has done something that no other American president in recent history has been able to do. CBS News poll. CBS um, has the way the United States removed troops gone badly? Has the way the Biden administration has handled the uh, Afghanistan thing, has it gone badly? Joe Biden has finally united the American people, no matter what your party affiliation. <laughs> 74% say yes, overall, 74% yes. The way they've done it has gone badly. Democrats, 62%. Independents, 76%. Republicans, 87%. So I- a majority in all parties recognize this I, has gone badly I, I don't know how that can be less than 95 <laughs> yeah, percent really actually. i mean uh, especially from republicans i mean you, are you telling me that there's 13 percent of republicans that actually think it's gone well maybe mitt romney let's see no. <laughs> you know 
also the the thing that confuses me i mean any anyone that's being honest with themselves democrat or republican or independent knows that joe biden really cl- clearly does not know what's going on i mean he just does not i'm not being mean no it's, uh, it, it's, skills. Just, it's just a facts but I don't understand how his staff, because everything he's saying is prepared. I mean, he's not really answering any questions. Right? Are, are his staff that dumb? But, I guess but, apparently so. But he makes statements that are directly contradicts what his own people, yes. Secretary of State, uh, Defense Defense Secretary, and the key generals. I mean, he contradicts them within a couple of hours. Yeah. And these are written statements. This is not just some. Yeah. You, you know, guys might want to coordinate. Not just his typical Biden. You know. Mess, mess ups that he's had his entire political career, but these are prepared statements that's going on. So I don't know. It's really, not really alarming to me. Another bizarre um, thing that has come out is that apparently the State Department has emailed an attachment to hundreds, if not thousands, of Afghanis with fill-in-the-blank visas. Do you see this? They, they, they've sent out this attachment. It looks like an official visa, except there's no name on there. There's no serial number either. <laughs> now, but there are going to be all kinds of Afghanis. And, every, and look, the Taliban is stealing the passports of Americans. But uh, now they want to uh, have total chaos. And look, I, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm in, in agreement that those Afghanis that have helped us as interpreters— I want to see those men and their families get here. But this idea that, hey, uh, we're going to take your word for it, we've got to vet these people because you know with the thousands that want to come over here, oh, there's going to be all kinds of jihadists infiltrated in their midst. Well, it's like a, a Afghanistan war veteran was on here last week. I don't remember what I was watching, but he said, you know, I served there. I served side by side by with an afghani for two years and that afghani ended up leading me into a uh explosive device so you can I mean, even our, even our troops serving with them not are not sure you know who's uh on their side and not it's just it's it's some danger coming up on this that's for sure well just a couple hours ago peter Ducey, as far as i know peter Ducey is the only one in these white house press briefings that actually ask pertinent questions he asked this is cut three clark he asked does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not leaving afghanistan it's the way he has ordered it to happen by pulling out troops before getting these americans who are now stranded does he have a sense of that here is the response here's peter's question and the response does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan, it's the way that he has ordered it to happen, by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home, home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan right now. I'm just calling you out for stating that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said, when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. We are going to bring them home. And I think that's important for the American public to hear and understand. 
Well, first of all, Peter Ducey didn't <laughs> accuse you of stranding Americans, but he said Americans who are now stranded, and they are stranded. But uh, why do they keep saying the Americans that want to come home? I cannot imagine that there are any Americans that over there that don't want to come home. <laughs> yeah, and President Biden, someone needs to remind that uh, Miss Saki that President Biden, in his first statement, said that, hey, we're not going to be able to get you out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, as you said, I mean, the, 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 the rhetoric changes from hour to hour, but certainly from day to day, it changes big time. But, you know, this whole idea that they want to come home, is this a is this the Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, get out of jail free card where if they don't get them all home? Well, I guess they didn't want to come home. I guess they wanted to stay there. Ducey later asked Saki whether Americans being beaten up by the Taliban and the Afghans passing babies over barbed wire fences was what Joe Biden meant when he said, America is back. What the president meant, she said, is that we're going to continue to lead in the world, including being leaders in evacuating not just our Afghan partners, not just American citizens, but also our allies, Saki said. Well, you know what? The French and the Brits are out in the uh, highways and byways of Cabal getting their people. The Americans aren't. They could, and they would, and they should— but so far, Joe Biden has said, no, don't. Jen Psaki, and uh, wow. Well, you got to give it to Psaki. She's got a tough job. She does. <laughs> and she's actually doing pretty good by, uh, I mean, just from the pure fact that. Uh, what she has to deal with, <laughs> what she has, what to, she has to work with. Yeah. But, you know, if she had an honest press, her job would, would be even tougher yeah. if she had an honest press. So yesterday afternoon, uh, Cousin Eddie comes on about 4.15, and it was, you know, it was showcased as an update from the president on what's going on in Afghanistan. Did you by chance see it? Mm -hmm. I was in the living room, and the TV was on. I was getting ready to go out, and I stayed and listened to the president. It was um, bizarre. I mean, here we have how many? At least 10,000. Some estimates are much, much higher than 10,000. And Joe, Uncle Joe, spends the first 10 minutes talking about this tropical storm that's coming into Rhode Island. <laughs> A little misdirection again. And, and, <laughs> I mean, that was bad enough that instead of talking about Afghanistan, well, it's very important. I, need, I really need to, you need to be careful and you need to get a harm's way. But you also need to make sure you're wearing a mask. I kid you not. And he is getting all kinds of flack on that now. Uh, so, yeah, mm. when you're fleeing the hurricane or the storm, make sure you got a mask Don't on. Don't forget your mask. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting for him to send out advice to those being lined up to be taken prisoner or shot by the Taliban. Make sure you put your masks on when you're marched out of town from Cabal with the uh, Taliban. And, uh, hey, for that matter, Joe, why don't you remind the Taliban? Of course, they usually do wear masks, right? They usually have their face covered. So. <laughs> that will be in the official uh, official hurricane preparedness kit is a mask. <laughs> a new poll out uh, by NBC. You know, these polls are not, you know, this is not from some conservative organization. That one I told you a second ago was from CBS. This next one from NBC. Not good for Cousin Eddie. We'll be right back.
collection of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Before we get to that NBC poll, had a uh, young lady call who wanted to know why we say that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. And uh, if uh, it's not hard, just go Google Patricia Kohlers, who is the uh, founder of Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know, uh, for the longest time, they identified the on the Black Lives Matter website mm-hmm. that they were Marxist. It was a Marxist organization. But you can find video of her acknowledging that they're avowed Marxist. Yep. So we, it's it's not hard. I mean, we're. I think this one uh, young lady that called, uh, well, uh, a woman that called in, I don't know how young she was, she wouldn't come on the air with us, but it's, <laughs> that doesn't come from us. That mm-hmm. doesn't come from our bias. That comes right from their website and right from the mouth of the founder of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I'm just repeating what they said they were, and, and their website was clearly, I mean, clearly labeled as that until they got enough heat. They 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 washed that website clean of that. But uh, the video is still out there. Just look up Patrice Colors, and she says we're trained yeah. Marxists. So there you go. There you go. And critical race theory, which is what Black Lives Matter is all about, and all this critical theory is, you know, vetting one group against another, and that's exactly what Black Lives Matter does. But that's right out of the communist playbook. Yep. Plain and simple. Town Hall's reporting on a poll conducted by NBC News that found that Joe Biden's approval rating among independents tanked and the congressional preference increased in favor of Republicans. This is really interesting. From April to um, now, this this poll just came out. It took place from uh, the 14th to the 17th, just came out today. There is a swing um, in Congress by 15 points. The Democrats dropped 14 points. They were up 14 in April. They are now, now the Republicans are up one. So a 15-point swing there, but it's even worse for uh, Joe. The poll, which took place, as I said, August 14th through the 17th, in the midst of the Afghanistan fiasco, showed President Biden's approval rating among in, amongst independents down 15 points. Uh, that is um, from April. His handling of the coronavirus down 30 points. Congressional preference among independents swung 15 points in favor of Republicans. In NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday, Chuck Todd, Chuckles Todd the Clown, uh, discussed the findings of the poll and how independents could decide the fate of future elections. Here's the thing. In this poll, the sample of independents was 15%. My hunch is uh, there are a lot more than 15% of the voting population that would identify as independents right now. Oh, I think so. I mean, it's it's clear with new voter registration. And I'm not, I I don't know what the the actual numbers say, um, but I I would think 15% is significantly low. Mm -hmm. I would think independents are, are pretty close now to making up almost a third of the, uh, of the voting and it's interesting, 
the Democrats, um, I, some of them, some of the independents are going to come from the Democratic Party, but they are probably the Democrats that were voting with Republicans, at least on national issues already. Um, there are a lot of Republicans that have gotten so fed up with uh, the Republican Party that they have gone independent as well. But, and that's the Republican Party's fault. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, mean, mean, they, they, I mean, look, I've, <laughs> I'm still a Republican, but boy, I've thought long and hard about switching out. Um, but anyway, um, shift among independents, President Biden's approval overall, now 46%. In April, it was 61% on the economy. It is now 45%. In April, it was 60%. Uh, COVID-19, it is now 52%. In April, it was 81%. Congressional preference, Republicans are now up by one. Back in April, Democrats were up by 14. Yeah, and and President Biden claims he didn't see these polls. So he's either forgetting, lying, or his staff's not giving him the information. I could believe either, actually. (laughs) Did you see Kamala Harris over the weekend? Now, she is headed out to Vietnam and uh, the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, I mean, the only thing, I, now, why would you go to Vietnam? I mean, especially when everybody's talking about the comparison to getting out of Cabal and getting out of Saigon was so s- similar. And the only thing I can come up with is, you know, right now, um, one can only assume that the White House has their hands full, completely hand, you know, overwhelmed with trying to handle Joe and watching what he says. And perhaps the White House staff got together and said, look, we can't hardly ha- handle Joe. We know we can't handle Joe and Kamala. Can we please send her to the furthest place on the other side of the earth? And they said, yeah, send her to <laughs> Vietnam. That's about the only thing I can come up with. But Kamala Harris gets off a plane, and there is a reporter that shouts a question out to her concerning the situation over in Afghanistan. Now, she she hears the question. She cuts off the reporter, but we're talking about the biggest disaster with tens of thousands of Americans' lives hanging in the balance, and listen to what Chuckles the Clown says. Cut one. What's your response to a work of Americans? Hold on, hold on. Slow down, everybody. Yeah. So the first thing she does is come out with her cackling laugh. <laughs> we couldn't have yeah. a we couldn't have a higher priority. But I'm getting ready to get on the plane and go to Singapore. Yeah. Bye. I'm <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. pathetic. It is pathetic. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. And this programming note, uh, on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson in studio with us uh, for a good portion of the uh, program. He's got to uh, go to an event in uh, the Greenville area, but he will be with us at least for the first uh, 30 minutes of our program on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Town Hall is reporting that uh, it's a 
op-ed by uh, Michael Brown, who writes, I, I like uh, Michael Brown's writing, but uh, he is reporting on the fact and his opinion on the fact that in Loudoun County, Virginia, which is the trans-CRT capital of the world, uh, not only have they removed male and female signs from the bathrooms, but they are now in the process of removing urinals from the boys' rooms because biological females who identify as males are offended by the presence of urinals. Now, isn't that interesting? I mean, wouldn't you look if, I mean, <laughs> if you think you're a guy, I mean, in the history of, in the history of urinals, have you ever heard of a biological male being offended from a journal by a, a urinal? I mean, we usually mm. look for them when we go in, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty good invention. I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think most guys would say the same. And yet we have in Loudoun, Virginia, they're ripping out the urinals because biological girls who think they're males. I mean, look, if you can't pee standing up, then stay with your own gender. I'm sorry <laughs> to be so blunt, but, you know, if you try to do it standing up and it goes down your leg, something's wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm. Uh, yes, Tom has gone to a new low. I know. I'm going to start talking equipment in a minute. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I mean, this is this is nuts. But yet uh, the, the school policy uh, 8040, which states Loudoun County Public School staff shall allow gender expansive or transgender students to use their chosen name. They're given pro, uh, their gender pronouns that reflect their gender identity without any substantiating evidence, regardless of the name and gender recorded in the student's permanent educational record. So basically, all you got to do, and it doesn't matter how young, young you are. I mean, you can be in kindergarten and say, I'm a little girl, rip out the urinals. How many thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, is this going to cost the county? And what in the heck does this have to do with education when they, Nothing. they, they, they Nothing. Know, talk about they don't have enough money and they're doing such nonsense as this? That's <laughs> grief. By the way, uh, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott are uh, getting... Uh, thumbs up because uh, you know while liberal democrats and our media here in this country is giving them a hard time about not masking anybody and everybody uh interesting over in europe in a number of countries over in europe uh they're saying it makes no sense at all to make kids under the age of 15 wear a mask and uh what what we're finding out from these studies is that it not only makes no difference, but uh, in some cases, it's, it's actually better for the kids, at least their psyche, not have to wear a mask. It's a good person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right.